Welcome to We Drink and We Know Things, a weekly podcast doused in alcohol and lit with knowledge. Clinkies! Hello. Hello. What's up, everybody? What is up? <laughs> now, much motherfucking number 31. 31. 31 times my age this time around. Yeah. Yes. Telling of our age. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we hope that everybody enjoyed episode 30. Damn urban legends, though. Yeah, it was our combo episode. If you didn't yeah. listen or you jump around, jump, 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 jump around. around. Yeah, that's all I could think about when you said <laughs> Go that. Go back and listen to that one if you didn't. Yeah, I think it was fun. I think we did a good job on that podcast. Yeah, a little bit of change of pace. You gotta switch it up sometimes. This shit is very important. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think this will be, if we get this shit right, this will be the fourth episode we put out in you August. You guys, we're doing it oh for real. God. A weekly podcast <laughs> for the first time ever. We're going to get we're one out trying. every week this month. It definitely is always doused in alcohol. Uh, certainly this one's going to be. We Actually, what are we drinking? Well, we're drinking different stuff. Yeah, I, so I, a few different things I want to touch on really quickly. I make beer and wine, and we often drink wine by the box. So I can never save the wine bottles to use in, in stuff. Well, so and like, typically when we buy bottles, they don't really have corks anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was saying in the last episode, we we, t- we call regular bottles of wine little bottles of wine because <laughs> it's not enough. Who's who's getting lit? Who, what two people are getting lit off of one bottle of wine? I mean, I probably could get a good buzz oh, off yeah, of one bottle by myself. Sure. Yeah, but if I'm yeah. sharing with you... <laughs> yeah, it's over. No. <laughs> I'm Slurps McGee over here, man. And you're like twice my size. Yeah, I'm, I'm a moderately large man. I've, I mean... For listeners who don't know, I'm 5'2". Tiny little creature. It doesn't take a lot, but... Yeah, so actually, I'm drinking uh, drinking just some red wine, just some cheap red wine that came with a bottle, so I can save the bottle for for brewing and stuff. And I'm drinking boxed rosé. Yeah, same shit. So we're still... We're not plugging freaking names anymore unless they're giving it to us. us, You know what? I thought about it, and I was like, no. Yeah, I did too. And then I was like, no, why am I going to tell people? People that are in advertising we did a great thing for franzia yeah you know what i mean we really those put guys. franzia on the map unless they opinion. want to sponsor us then they're the best and then hey, ever. we did that? get a like a what was it on facebook a review or something of a listener who oh, they don't yeah. drink wine but they were going to try it out because of yeah, our podcast yeah. they were gonna go start trying they bought a bunch of different bottles to try which I think is super awesome. I'm sorry I don't good have shit. your name right off the top of my head, but come on, get it off the top of your head. <laughs> get off there. Get off of there. Come on. <laughs> well, no, but you usually Oh, we're always been... on the same shit. Yeah. No, but no, you've been on a freaking oh my God. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna say the brand name of that either. It has been seltzer season. I yeah. have slurped He's so been much. Drinking hard, hard seltzer. seltzers like oh a freaking rich just bougie steps yeah Step basic mom? bitch stepford wife i don't know what i was going with that i'm actually so i'm part of this facebook group and it's called uh louisville beer snobs and mostly it's just a silly page but the, some of the people from there clearly it's <laughs> but some of it's pretty pretentious but it, normally it's oh. in good fun uh there's a group that was born of that group called louisville seltzer snobs and it's just literally just all the seltzer memes you could fa- you could fathom and they actually just had a meetup too yeah, and those are the dogs barking. Sorry. It's like, we can't cut it out every time. It's, you know, this is not a studio. This is our fucking house. A little bird moves outside or a squirrel or a 
somebody sneezes or every fart that I've ever done is picked up on this. If you listen to this podcast loud enough, you can hear my toots. I was talking about what sets the dogs off. Oh, Gross. yeah, same, 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 same. <laughs> so no, but the reason we brought up the hard seltzer. Yeah. And the fact that you make beer and wine. Yeah, we're actually, you and I are going to make some, we're going to begin the process of making some hard seltzer this evening. Yeah. After we finish Well, you already kind of started, right? We're going to finish it? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you just pretty much, we're going to ferment some sugar water and then we're going to flavor it and then we're going to put it in a keg. Yeah. Because we we had that process this evening. We had this conversation the other night where you were talking about it and you work for a place that has its own vodka and i was like yeah why are we why are you paying yeah. for seltzer water yeah and then i got into the process and i figure out we, we we're gonna make it from scratch we're not even gonna use anything else we're gonna ferment it ourselves we're gonna do oh all for that. sure yeah yeah, yeah yeah but yeah it's i'm so dumb i don't know but why. i was like why are you not just drinking vodka and Soda. water yeah, they and ch- adding like a lime <laughs> it's, i mean because it's crazy the the seltzer companies they charge the same amount it's like craft beer. It's like fifteen bucks for a twelve pack. Get out of here, y'all. That's sugar water with with booze the and calories. It's crazy. It's it's, the calories. It's totally. It's a total trend right now. I'm trying to get on it. It's motivated by the people who want to be skinny but still be drunk. Me. That's <laughs> in fact, I am those people. <laughs> so yeah, that's our task after this. It'll be an easy one. We'll see. I got it all figured out. If already. we get through this quick enough because yeah. we never know how long this is gonna take i always try to set aside like four hours for the podcast we never take that long research time getting oh, after true. it editing time it's probably more like eight or nine who knows well with if you if you include research and all that yeah sure yeah see well, why she, we you know it's why it takes a minute sometimes yeah fuck this is why we need to launch a patreon <laughs> that would be helpful or maybe somebody could do our research for us, please. No, and just give me I the enjoy papers. doing the research. I, I just want to be a full Ron Burgundy with this shit. You can just print off a Wikipedia page. That's what a lot of podcasts do. <laughs> <laughs> Unique New York. No, we we do our own research and give our own I take on everything. Sometimes, and, yeah. And I actually a big bulk of my research is listening to other podcasts yeah. because I want to see. Yeah. What they've covered, how they covered it. I initially and heard then about do my I'm, own thing. Yeah, I initially heard about what I'm talking about tonight on a podcast. So Yeah, I'm sure I did with mine too, actually. Yeah. I think you do you go I think you go first this time. Yeah. Oh, but oh New segment new time. New segment corner. <laughs> we talked about it. Oh, did we do it? We on? did it. We fucking put it in yeah, action. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. 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 Where we whoever starts because you know we alternate mm-hmm. stories mm-hmm. every week and mm-hmm. whoever starts is going to talk about something or an article or yeah. um yeah something a to just like story to be a little lighthearted up. thing to go in because a lot of times our stories are people not, getting their yeah, heads cut heavy. off mainly mine but yeah. i've been trying to be better i've been dipping my tit in some of that hardcore shit a little bit though my yeah my my last couple i think we're weren't as heavy <laughs> my last couple were pretty heavy. yeah i know yeah. you we, we switched if whoever's starting is gonna do like a little random segment of something they saw that they want to talk about and get into their story. And then, so for instance, this time it's me. I'm starting. And so I'm going to start with my little new segment before I go in. And then you'll so do excited. your story and you'll end with yours. Because yeah, yeah sometimes fucking... we don't, like, it feels very blunt when, like, my last sentence is, and they were all murdered and that convicted to whatever and sentenced to death. And, and like, literally nobody lived happily ever Can't see after. later. We kind of, like, want to get, or, you know, whatever yeah. the story is. So. My thing that I'm going to do. Do your thing, baby. It's not an actual, it's not an article. I don't want to hear it then. But I'm going to read you some really fucking hilarious headlines that made it into like newspapers. All right, cool. Because I think it's so fucking funny. That's good. I'll read, I don't know, a handful. 
First one. Oh, yeah. New York Post. Okay. Statistics show that teen pregnancy drops off significantly after age 25. What? <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> okay. Can we get some fact checks over here, please? I'm not buying it. Next, we have a, a headline from something called Tulsa World. Mm, maybe something to do with Tulsa. One armed man applauds the kindness of strangers. <laughs> <laughs> like wording. It's the sound you of guys. one hand clapping. This one I'm going to read and then like straight through and then I'll go back. Lady Jacks off to hot start in conference. I'm sorry? They're called the Lady Jacks. <laughs> Lady Jacks off to hot start in conference, but there is no comma. Grammar is so important, y'all. I had a whole different vision of stuff in my head. That was confusing. <laughs> Next we have the Express Times headline. Homicide victims rarely talk to police. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get them to fucking talk. This one I really liked. This was the Press Republican. Okay. A-Rod goes deep, comma, Wang hurt. Because <laughs> was like another player. <laughs> oh, I know. I get it. <laughs> Perfect. I live for that. That's like, I live for this shit. Waterford boy ate, saves sister's life. And then right under it has a quote. I wouldn't do it again. She's been a real pain this week. <laughs> and then lastly, porn star sues over rear end collision. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Come on. Those are good. That is perfect. Those are perfect. I didn't have one right off the top of my head, but I was like trying to look up something and found those. And I was like, oh, no, that's, that's the jam. so good. Yeah. And there's so many more. Just Google. Do a Google. Funny headlines. They're do so a bloody great. Google, mate. Also, let us know what you think about our little lettuce headline things. Yeah, they're they're gonna be a thing. We're making them a thing. I'm saying I'm saying it's a thing. I still want to do like little like on Jimmy Fallon's where they do the little segments. You know what I mean? You want to have like a little. Oh, starter story. Ending story. See, there it was. Ending headline. Ah, yeah. Put some saxophone on it. Come on. You almost went into the Hey Arnold theme. Always. I live for the Hey Arnold theme. Okay, so with that. Yes. Funny, fun, fun. Mm. I'm going to get into my not so fun story. Oh, okay. Okay. That sounds like fun. Yeah. See what I did there? You said fun a lot, so I was like, I'll do a fun. I feel like I always say this. This one's crazy, but it is because they're all crazy. That's a crazy world. Okay. I'm going to be telling you about the Porco family. I don't want to make a joke right now because I feel like they're all going to die. They, It's P-O-R-C-O. Porco. Porco. Okay. We've got. If they're not like pig farmers or pork rind people, I'm out. They're not. <laughs> guys, wait a, what, what a missed opportunity, guys. So when I say an age right now, it's because it's. Of the time of when all this happens or whatever. So we have 52-year-old Peter Porker. Porco. Oh, my God. I just said <laughs> We're Peter leaving Porker. that in. You just called a dude Peter Porker. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Peter Parker and went Peter Porker. Oh, okay. Yeah, RIP Peter Parker. MCU. He's out of the MCU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's such a bummer. Come oh, on, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, same. Okay. Anyway, we're going to just fucking butcher it right out of the gate here. Peter Porker. Peter Porco. What an unfortunate name still, though. Yeah. He's 52 years old. He works for the Supreme Court of New York State. Okay. He had been in law for, like, his whole career 
And now, at this point, he's a clerk for an appeals judge, which was sort of how he ended his legal career. He moved away from being in law and started to work as this clerk because he wanted to spend more time with his family. Good for him. Next, we have Joan Porco, who is Peter's wife. I don't actually know her age at this point, but she was a teacher. She was a speech pathologist. Oh, okay, cool. uh, In public schools, which in 1974 is when she started started teaching in public schools. Okay. And um, she worked at Jefferson Elementary School in the shawlmont central school district i mean that's in new yeah, york yeah i'm familiar with I'm it for sure here, yeah. right Didn't i don't know sense. it is weird because it's jefferson elementary and we live in jefferson, jefferson county. county but a speech pathologist i guess i mean i guess that is it's a pretty big that's a pretty big, a big job yeah. yeah i feel like somebody i work with at the distillery is at school to do like stuff like that and it's a lot of it's a lot yeah of i think that i think she's doing like speech ther- therapy yeah yeah yeah. This, yeah so they had two kids jonathan and christopher Jonathan was 23, when I'm, like I said, when I'm saying the age, it's because of just the time frame of all this. 23 years old, he's in the Navy, serving on a nuclear submarine. Okay, okay. Out he there serving was, his damn country out here. I, he was in one of the Carolinas doing this. I can't remember which one. So mm-hmm. he's not close to... In one, We just know he's in one of the Carolinas. Yeah, I can't remember okay. which one. I'm sorry. Then Christopher was attending the University of Rochester. These are all porcos. Yes. Okay. That's what I said. They're kids, Jonathan okay. and Christopher. Okay. And Christopher was 21 at this time and attending the University of Rochester, about three hours away from their his parents' house. Okay. Nothing weird here yet. I'm feeling okay. Well, I'm about to go into it. I'm gonna do something. I, I might be doing this a little different than I normally do. Anyway, so on. Are you gonna give me the fucking? Are you gonna give me the thing first? I don't know. Oh, Am sorry. I? I don't know. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so on November 15th, 2004. Okay. Not too long ago. I know that seems like long ago, but in... in no. I was a sophomore in high school. You would have been a freshman. I was a freshman. On November 15th, 2004, Peter Porco doesn't show up for work. And being in an industry that is of legal people everywhere, they're sure. like, uh-uh, because he's always on time, prompt. You know, I mean... If you don't call in for a job like that, that's probably a pretty pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, it's a career more than a, you know what I mean? It's like, it's what you do. So he doesn't show up for work and they immediately are like, we need to send somebody out there. So they send a court officer out. His name is Michael Hart to the Porco's home to be like, what's going on? You know, did you ever sleep? Is there an emergency? What's happening? He gets to the house and he starts walking up to the front door and everything seems pretty normal. But when he reaches the door, he sees that the door is ajar. That's never, that's literally never a good sign. There is a key in the door and there's drops of blood right outside the door. Oh, shit. Right. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) He walks in, obviously, because he's like. As you do. Now, is he armed? Is he ready for what? I mean, because, man, shit's going to be weird in there, dude. I would have, I don't know. Our court official are they armed? i don't know i don't know i feel like that's a like i mean that's not like written any in anything yeah. about him being like armed or okay. anything so. i also think it's odd that they went out there so quickly after him not showing up for work but i what, think it's it, just yeah. very like yeah he's whoa he's a punctual dude you know i'm sure they try to call sure. no answer sure. like let's send somebody out there yeah. let's see okay. if he's just you don't fucking peace out on this job bitch, bitch. like they go out there to be like what are you doing so anyway <laughs> So he walks in, 
and there's blood on the floor right in front right in the house as oh, well man. he looks to his right to his right are the stairs that lead up to the second floor of the re- residence okay. where the bedrooms are okay and at the base of those stairs is the dead body of peter porco fuck peter is laying on the landing to the stairway going upstairs his face is pointed up the stairs like he fell over going up them. Okay. His legs are dangling off the end of the landing and he's covered in blood, just saturated. And his Like obvi- he fell from the top of the stairs or he fell no, going up the that's stairs? That's what I'm saying. It looks like he's it oh, looks like, like he was oh, about like to go like, up the stairs and he's laying okay. like he like he tripped and fell on the stairs, walking up them. So he's on his gut. Looking up. Yeah. Okay. And it's obvious that he's suffered like tremendous injuries. Somebody fucked him up. Right after this guy sees this, he's like, wow, what the fuck, obviously, and calls the police. And the police and the paramedics get there, and they find Peter dead. So they basically, like, hop over him and rush upstairs because they know that... There's other family members. His wife is there, Joan, somewhere, right? Yeah. And they rush upstairs, and they find Joan lying in her bed, her face completely just disfigured and bloody oh no but she's still breathing okay okay yeah next to her under the covers was what police determined was the murder weapon a fireman's axe okay jesus that's savage as fuck yeah when they enter the master bedroom oh this was a quote from the trial like that is eventually going to happen you know it says quote when they enter the master bedroom ladies and gentlemen you will see pictures of this they see a sight of incredible horror of incredible carnage there's blood all over the master bed just covered saturated there's blood all over the walls behind the bed and laying at the foot of the bed a large bloody axe and laying across the bed is the body of joan porco god damn i'm going to pause on obviously what happens next so that's what that's essentially what happened they do yeah but this next part is just so crazy this is also when i want to touch on this because both sides of the bed are bloodied and everything and you know peter is found at the bottom of the stairs sure at the landing right right and there's blood everywhere in the kitchen in everywhere god damn i hope they put up such a fucking i hope oh man i hope man so I'm going to go ahead and just talk about this part of the of, of this case because it doesn't give away anything. And I think it's like one of the craziest parts of this case. I'm excited to hear it. I mean, I'm not excited, but I'm ready. From what I've told you, you can probably assume that they were both fucking bludgeoned with an axe. Yeah. Right? Brutally murdered with a fireman's axe. Well, at some point, Peter regained consciousness and he sat up. And he got up and he started to go about his day. What? Like normal. After this? Yes. What? So he was in like a fucking like weird fucking fog as he was dying? Let me also add that we know for a fact that he had been struck with the axe in his bed 16 times. He got hacked up with a fireman's axe 16 times, got up like he was about to go to work. Hey, Peter, you're a bad man. She had been hit three times okay but he got out of bed he put on clothes they know this because he actually even covered himself covered some of the wounds with his clothes when he put them on he goes downstairs and he started to make himself breakfast what yeah 
What? He starts to make himself breakfast. He even starts to unload the dishwasher. Oh, Peter. That's how he was flinging blood. He's covered. That's why it was all over the house. And he... No way. Goes and starts going about his normal routine, even making himself lunch for the day. And they see evidence of all of this, where he was emptying the dishwasher. And at one point, he even goes outside to get the paper, which then he apparently locked himself out, got the spare key, what? Opened the door, fell, and died. And died. And that is why the door still had the key was in a it. jar and had the key in it. And that is why there was blood fucking everywhere. Can you imagine the crime scene investigators putting that together? Like, because that's how it had, that's how they have to know, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's explained in a Forensic Files episode that an injury can damage the brain's neocortex, which controls like reasoning. Sure. But leave intact the underlying paleocortex, which guides second nature habits. So basically, that is so fucking yeah. crazy. So the neocortex is especially vulnerable to external injury, which is according to the Handbook of Effective Sciences. And wounds or other injury may sometimes destroy a neocortical region without damaging deeper brain structures. So, like I said, the top part of his brain was fucked and so fucked with yeah. an axe yeah but it didn't reach the underlying like i'm a robot kind of blo- just blo- going through the sort motions of reminds me of freaking hannibal you know when he's like eating his brain but yeah. like he's and still, still yeah cognitive, whatever yeah, yeah. So it, he was, he still, he got up. He even went into the bathroom. There's evidence of him getting up, going to the bathroom, looking at himself in the mirror. There's blood dripping. I mean, they can see. And he didn't have that reasoning. And he didn't have the wherewithal because that part of his brain was so fucked by the axe blow, 16 of them, that he then goes downstairs and starts his morning routine. Jesus. <laughs> He's a bad man for that. The, I mean, the, it's crazy the only to me. the only crazy alternative is that he was just aware he was super fucked up and he's like oh i'm just gonna walk it off just gonna walk it, it off but that's the, i mean yeah it's the, a fucking tragedy but that's remarkable the police and the paramedics also believe that he was also operating on adrenaline you know and just had sure. literally was not aware of what fucking happened obviously god they damn. even found a check that he had made out how much time did he did he have how long i don't know how we, long we, was he I doing this i don't know that. that is crazy i'm freaking out but even fa- they even found a check that he had made out on top of knocked over dishes in the kitchen covered in his blood and all the appliances and countertops and walls and floor of the kitchen everything i mean the the crime scene photos are so gruesome it's like the bottom of his socks he's wearing white socks yeah. are just drenched in his Pooling own pooling in blood i'm sure just drenched in his own blood where he Whoa. just walked through it yeah can you imagine witnessing something like that can you imagine the horror of seeing something like that i can't even imagine walking in and finding that and then going upstairs and finding somebody in the state that she's still alive and alive and there's yeah there's a lot more to that God, this is fucked up dude so i'm going to come back to joan okay okay there i have so many questions yeah there's gonna be a lot of those Police found that someone had smashed the house's burglar alarm, snipped the phone line, and opened a window and cut a hole in the screen. God damn. Okay. Fucking professional. So at this point, they're like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck did this, right? Yeah. Well, I'm going to give a few little deets here. But also, I want to say that 
obviously the kids need to be informed. Sure. I don't know how Jonathan was informed, but Chris, he ends up making a 911 call. Okay. The morning of after this has happened from his university. And he says that he got a call from a newspaper reporter that informed him that his parents were murdered. Oh, what the okay? fuck? And he calls 911 and is like, I just got this call from these reporters. What's going on? I really want to play the 911 call. I don't, we don't ever do that, but okay. I don't know. We can if you can want to play it up. I am, I will play it, but I'm going to play it in a little bit. Okay, I don't want to cool. play it right now. Cool. So try to remind me to play it. But anyway, he calls 911 and they're like, let me try to figure out some information. We don't really know what's going on, but we know that your mother is at, Albany Medical Center. Oh my and god! And he's like, "What the fuck?" All right, great. You know, rushes. To he should. The what? What hospital. the fuck? Why didn't they tell him? So what the fuck? his mom had just undergone a twelve-hour surgery. They had, she'd even been like been like blessed by like a whatever like last rites type they, shit. Yes, yeah. last. Yeah, they were didn't think she was even gonna make it. And he was about like two and two and a half, three hours away, oh where his college God, was. Dude. But you know, he told police that he had just been sleeping in the lounge of his dormitory. This is he says this on the nine one one call, which we'll get to in a little bit too, so you'll hear it. So okay, I won't really go into it. But anyway, the police are automatically like, "What the fuck happened? Who would do this?" Yeah. Well, there are some, I guess, mob links to the Porco family. Oh, with a name like Porco. There was an uncle of Peter's, Frank Porco, and he was a former loan shark, and he had been in trouble with the law, and his nickname was Frankie the Fireman. Uh Uh-oh. And there was this whole theory that Peter had been considering, like, ratting out the mob and, like, all this stuff, and that Peter was killed as, like, a warning to Frankie to not, like... For the rat, being a rat, it's like the whole mob shit. Yeah, sure, sure. But that was quickly fucking ruled out because Frankie, pretty sure he was still in prison. And the reason he's in prison was because he wasn't a rat. Like he wouldn't rat out. Okay. So that, it was like, no. The whole thing's horseshit. Yeah. There was also an instance when Peter was still in law Mm -hmm. and he got a death threat from a man who lost custody of his children in Supreme Court. And he literally was quoted like he's, he vouched revenge and said he was going to get a gun and come and kill the judge and Peter Porco. Well, that's but a pretty good guy to look at. That man had an alibi and that threat was about 10 years old. Okay. I'm frustrated. You probably going to get more frustrated. Who killed my, who killed this guy? I'm, I hope Joan lives. I've, I'm so I'm so invested. I'm going to pick back up now with Joan. Okay, good. Because I didn't really tell you. I'm very concerned you, for Joan right now. You know, we know that she was alive, mm-hmm. but also had been hit with an axe three times mm-hmm. and left for dead. Okay. And then just went through a 12-hour surgery. Yeah, exactly. That they didn't even know if she would make it through. Oof. Well, during a pretrial hearing, Albany County paramedic Kevin Robert told the court he found Joan, I'm just going to say this is graphic. Okay. Okay. But I think it is very relevant Okay. to know how bad of a state she was in. She was found on her back. Her left eye was missing. Her jaw was crushed. 
her teeth were broken out and missing, and her head was fractured in several spots from repeated blows from the axe to the point where you could see her brain. And basically her face just looked like it was split open. Jesus fucking Christ. But she was alive. She's a fucking trooper. Shout out to Joan. Oh my God, I hope she lives. And I hope we figure out who did this shit. As the paramedic, Kevin Roberts, was just working to save her life. Uh Even at one point he has said that for life-saving measures you should put oxygen on their face uh-huh. and her face was so badly mutilated he couldn't even find her mouth god damn you can't find a uh, jesus christ yeah but can you god damn as well detective christopher bodish was also in the room and decided that well he didn't decide he saw that she was like alert, like a like a lie, you know, uh, alert. And yeah. she had like kind of raised her hand in a in a way where he felt like she was motioning them to come over, but she obviously couldn't speak. Her mouth was, I yeah. mean, she, she could barely she was even hang on, see. Man, in the back of his mind, this detective was like, "If she can like understand what I'm saying, I feel like I need to try to start asking her some questions because what if she dies, right? But if she's alert wow. right now, maybe I need to start asking her some questions." He said he asked her some questions and she was responsive to the point where like she would nod or shake her head, right? Oh my God. Can you imagine having to like make that call? Like, to the point where like you can't even find someone's mouth. Oh my God. Yeah. He said he asked her if a family member was responsible. What'd she do? What'd she do? She nodded yes. Oh fuck. Next he asked if it was her son, Jonathan, because he was a friend of the family and. He knew the kids. So and he, he knew, knew that he family. knew them? Yes. Oh, fuck. So he asked, was it Jonathan, the older son who's in the military? Sure. She shook her head no. Okay. He then asked if it was Christopher, to which she nodded yes. Oh, uh, so you weren't, oh, uh, you little motherfucker. Botus said he then asked the exact same questions again to see if she was just nodding she was her aware, head or doing yeah, it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He again asked her, was it? Jonathan, she said no, shook her head no. Was it Christopher? She nodded yes. Shit. There's a (laughs) lot more to come. So. And then this little shithead called 911? He called 911 from his university, which was three hours hours away. away. Oh, trying to bake an alibi. You little bitch. No, he was at his university. He called three hours away to ask what had happened because a reporter called him and told him that his parents were murdered. Sure, but that also established, oh, I'm three hours away. I couldn't have possibly. Well, we know he's three hours away. He didn't need to establish that. He's yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, so obviously police are suspicious of Christopher. I want to call him Chris <laughs> and I don't want to do that. Christopher. We're keeping that. But she was then transferred to the hospital and went under this surgery and she ended up slipping into a coma, which she would be in for three weeks. Okay. Okay. But she's not dead. Okay. She got through the surgery. She's fucking she's powerful, in a coma. dude. Okay. She's coming back. I don't give a fuck. She's coming back. She's powerful. They're immediately like, well, we're going to start talking. We're going to talk to Chris. Yeah. Fucking. I keep calling him Chris. You know, he is mentioned as Chris sometimes, but I feel like he probably goes by Chris. If he did this, you can call him whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, right. They bring him in from the hospital for questioning and. Family, friends, and people that he worked with were like, just make sure you have a lawyer present. 
very supportive of him. Just don't get yourself in any trouble. Sure. So he does have a lawyer, whatever. He's very cooperative. He gives them DNA. He lets them look at his hands and for bruising or, you know, anything sure. that would yeah. maybe show that he was a part of this attack or whatever, right? right? Yeah. And they don't find anything, but they, in this interview that I was watching, he is like, they're like, she's talking and she's saying that you were there. And he's like, I don't know why she would say that I wasn't there. Like, I was not there. I don't know why she would ever say that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right? Okay. So other than her nodding her head that we're being told she did mm-hmm. with her face mm-hmm. fucking split apart is the only thing tying Christopher to this. Chris okay. Tiffer. Christopher. Right? So three weeks after the attack, Joan regains consciousness. Fuck yeah, Joan. And... Fuck yeah. She's able to not totally speak, but she's able to... Like, because her mouth has got to be so fucked up. She's probably... I mean, her jaw's fucking broken. She's missing teeth. I mean, her... Yeah. See, and it, Jesus. Split apart. She's this woman is fucking badass, yeah. dude. And at this point, she's like, absolutely not. Christopher did not have anything to do with this. Ah. Oh. I love my son. I, no way. No way. Does she remember what happened, though? She does not remember the attack. She doesn't remember yeah, that often nodding her effort, head. She yeah. doesn't remember doing any of that. She, But she's like, no way. My boy did not do this. Not my boy. No. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's frustrating. I mean, good for Christopher if he didn't do it. Chris Topher, but. <laughs> Chris Topher. Chris Topher. Chris Topher Porco. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not to make light. Also, there there were no fingerprints found on the axe or anything like that. I mean, somebody very fucking broke fucking the security scene. system, mm-hmm. broke into the fucking house. Like, this sounds like pro-level shit, it is though. brutal. Joan Pork was actually so adamant that her son did not do this. She writes a letter to the Times Union, which is the local paper, which is actually the same paper that called Christopher to tell him no what happened okay and she's like stop going after my son right quote this is one of the the thing it says like the whole article is like leave my son alone and this is a quote from it i implore the bethlehem police and the district attorney's office to leave my son alone and to search for peter's real killer or killers so that he can rest in peace and my sons and i can live in safety Okay. That's where her those were her first public comments. Sounds like a strong mama. She's a I mean the fact that she's alive. Right? And those were her first public comments after it happened. Okay. Doing her mom thing. If you make me regret thinking that Christopher didn't do it, I'm gonna be mad at you. There's weirdly enough, something else that gets sent sent into the paper, which is an anonymous letter. Oh fuck. It was sent to the local paper. Claiming to be Peter Porco's killer. What I have to say. The letter says, Peter Porco was not even a challenge. Once I got inside, I repeatedly hit him in the head and neck with a small axe I brought with me. I ignored all of his pleading screams. Also, I beat Joan Porco, but unfortunately, she survived. The person who wrote the letter also claimed that they had been responsible for another local murder. And warned that they would kill again. Okay. It went on to say, 
if you ever want to find me, you might want to stop going after easy suspects. Show me some respect I deserve. Catch me if you can. What the fuck? The police found no fingerprints on this No letter. evidence. No fingerprints or, you know, stupid, like, licked it, shot, didn't sure, know where the fuck sure, it came from. Sure, Right? Sure. That's fucked up. Yeah. A very, I mean, whoa, right? Yeah, that's okay. really crazy. This is like some TV-esque shit. that was pointing to Christopher is now being like, no, but she also doesn't remember what the fuck happened. Right? Right. Right. So the police decide that they need to start digging a little bit more into Christopher. Oh, so they're still looking at Chris. Because the few things, you know, leads or whatever that could potentially have been the people in their brains had alibis or were in prison or just didn't make sense. Right. So they thought, we're not going to let this go because that detective who asked her that question is adamant that she knew what she was saying when he asked her. She, you know, and he asked her more than once. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and I've heard like when you, especially when you suffer like traumatic injuries, you have, there's a lot of short term memory loss of like of the, oh, and of I'm the sure event she had and things like in this. Her brain oh and she had God. a 12 hour surgery and she was in a coma for three weeks. The fucking fact that she lived is insane. Remarkable. Yeah. According to court documents, once the Bethlehem police began looking into Christopher Porco's past as a student at the University of Rochester, a darker image of him started to maybe emerge and there were some things that started to look different and weird and catching their eye okay here we go police found that christopher was presenting himself to his classmates and to everybody around him as if he was super wealthy he had like a lot of money little bougie boy and he was one of those people who when they went out you know he bought drinks for everyone he picked up the tab everywhere. Sure. He said I wish that I had a homie like that. Where are they at? He had <laughs> that his family <laughs> lived in this huge mansion and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. When the reality of it was that while they weren't poor or, you know, they were they were okay living a nice life, alive, the Porcos were worth probably $40,000. Hey, that's shit. Sure. That's what I'm saying. It's not bad, but it's not... They're not millionaires, yeah, yeah, right? Right, yeah. Hard-working goddamn American folk, man. Right. Two years before the murders, or the murder and attempted murder, the Porco's home was burglarized while Christopher was home from college. Okay. And a laptop and some other things were reported stolen. Okay. Well, it ended up coming back to Christopher that he actually was the one... Who stole these items from his parents. Little shit. He sold the laptop on eBay. What a dick. And, and what a dingus too. They found him to continue to do this where he was stealing things and literally selling them on an eBay account that was like had his fucking name on it. Actually a month before the attack both Christopher and Jonathan's ebay account so this is the sons okay both of their ebay accounts were frozen because they same they shared the same address of their parents home right okay and because christopher hadn't sent any of these items to the people who had and they paid them them, yeah and during their investigation it was 
revealed to prosecutors that Christopher posed as his brother, Jonathan. To keep going. And sent emails to the jilted customers saying that his brother had died. And that's why they weren't getting the items because he was unable to send them because he was dead. Okay, that's a pretty big red flag for my guy Christopher right now. (laughs) Christopher. In June 2003, the veterinary clinic where Christopher Porco worked was also burglarized. The items reported stolen included a cell phone, camera, and computers. And some of those items, including a cell phone, were uncovered in a safe in Christopher's room. What a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, it's the same MO every time. It's like, it's all he's got. Aside from these burglaries and shit, Christopher also had a bunch of problems at school. Okay. Portraying himself as this, you know, jet-setting millionaire. Bougie boy. Big spender. He was really getting involved in lavish spending and apparently internet gambling. And he had found himself... With a debt of $40,000. Oh, fuck. What did you say his parents were worth beforehand? Well, them two together, not dead. Yeah. Said that they were probably worth... About 40 grand. About 40 grand. Yeah, okay. Interesting. All day. (laughs) If that happened to us, they'd be like, they were worth $10. (laughs) (laughs) So he... Christopher Porco reportedly began failing his classes. And in the fall of 2003... He was expelled from that, you know, nice college he was in for poor academic performance. In January 2004, he registered at Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York. Okay. But, however, his grades did not improve and he did not complete any of his classes for that semester. Christopher actually got an email from... His parents about this, like, what the fuck? Yeah, what are you, you doing, got out asshole? of this nice college. Now you're in a community college and you can't even, you know, do that. Yeah. In the message to their son, they say, quote, you just left and we can't believe our eyes. As I look at your interim grade report, you know what they say. Three strikes and you're out. Explain yourself. The email subject and header was titled failing grades. You did it again. And they're emailing each other because Christopher will not answer the phone. So their only communication to him is through email. Is through email. What a little shit. Well, several days later after that, he replied in a message message to his father, blaming the community college's (laughs) office of registration. He wrote, obviously they're incorrect. My lowest grade that I got on anything was a B on a physics test. Don't jump to conclusions. I'm fine. Oh, well, your fucking grades. <laughs> the fuck out of here, bro. Right? Yeah, no, come on. Well, in August 2004, so that's what, a fuck what boy. I was... That's a fuck boy excuse. What I, what I was just talking about was 2000, like January. So now yeah. we're in August of that year, 2004, he forged a transcript from the community college showing that he had received all A's and B's and reapplied to the University of Rochester. Okay. Where he had been previously right so he forged this shit trying to get back in yes and he earned readmission what to pay his tuition porco told his parents that he needed only a co-signed two thousand dollar loan 
But after obtaining his father's relevant personal and tax information, uh, what'd you do, bro? Christopher secured a $31,000 loan from Citibank. Oh, fuck. He hustled his pops out of 30 grand. He actually, the email oh, that he sent them yes. went like this quote, Yo, pops, if I could have you and mom's social security numbers and your New York state license numbers, I need them for paperwork related to financial info for next semester. Hope you're having a good day. Love, Chris. Oh, you little fucking punk. So that's how he got all the information. And then he took them for 31. He went and got this loan. So in November 2004, Peter Porco ran a credit check and discovered that there was this $31,000 loan against him or that he quote unquote co-signed for or whatever, as well as a $16,450 loan that his son forged in his name to purchase a yellow Jeep Wrangler. What the fuck? So now we're 46K in. So, yeah. They, he took out this loan so that he continued doing his, like, lavish spending and and show this bougie what life. What a little fucking but, asshole. And then also, like, took out this same loan to get this, like, ridiculously obnoxious yellow Jeep that he put all this, like, aftermarket shit on to be like, look at me, right? <laughs> what a shit. The day after Christopher's dad, Peter, discovers this these loan forgeries. Yeah. He wrote an email to his son threatening legal action. He said, quote, I want you to know that if you abuse my credit again, I will be forced to file forgery affidavits in order to disclaim liability. And that applies to the Citibank college loan if you attempt to reactivate it or use my credit to obtain any other loan. Way to go, Pop. That's the only way, man. Several days later, Joan wrote to her son and was questioning his mental state. She wrote, Dad and I are very upset about your not communicating with us. We don't know if you are well or mentally stable. And even though they were upset in the, sort of that same email exchange, his dad was like, just come home. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's and get you sorted out. He's quoted saying, we may be disappointed with you, but your mother and I still love you and care about your future. So basically like just. Come home. Let's just talk Stop about this, Stop being a right? fucking idiot. Stop. You just took me for 40 grand on my fucking credit, you little shit. Come home so we can make it right. Yeah. I mean, I went, oh, you better fucking well, not. just seven days after that email was sent is when they, when his father was murdered and uh, his mother was brutally mm-hmm. beaten. Right? Cut him off and then, it's not even cutting off. Like, he took advantage of their credit. Like, that. what the fuck? It's like, really terrible. Yeah, what a little shit. So Christopher Porco told investigators that on the night of November 14th, 2004, he went to his dorm lounge at the University of Rochester to sleep and awoke the following morning, which is, you know, mm-hmm. he went about his day and mm-hmm. I guess got this call from the paper, whatever. Yeah. Bethlehem police detectives and current Albany County District Attorney David Soares were convinced that this is not what happened. And they were still going on that nod from his mother, right? Yeah. So he is saying that he was asleep in the, like, dorm main lobby area. Right. And that he slept there because his roommate had somebody in from out of town. And so he was obviously letting them use the bed or maybe it was a girl or who knows, whatever, right? sure. But there's surveillance videos that show completely 
different things. That'll get you every as time, you well dumb motherfucker. As there are a bunch of his friends and people who also went to the college that that said that he wasn't there. He didn't sleep there, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can actually even find surveillance the footage of the place where he said that he slept that night like you can see the clips uh-huh while you can't see the entire lobby area or whatever you can definitely see him there at some point sure as i said inv- investigators and police really have their eye honed in on christopher now right and investigators found surveillance video of a yellow jeep that supported their contention that Christopher traveled Come the 232 on. miles from Rochester to his parents' house the night of the attack. They think he did this murder, sure, whatever, sure. whatever, and then went back. But police couldn't find any New York State throughway easy pass data on his Jeep because it's like, you know, when you're in Florida or whatever, yeah, you have these yeah. things. You're registered. So they... And he had a pass in his car jeep yeah to where he could just roll through right where he wouldn't have to pay sure and they couldn't find any evidence of that right okay but toll booth attendants at the cash only lanes said that they thought that they remembered seeing the car that christopher drove this yellow jeep Right? Oh, so he avoided that. So this motherfucker is calculating. Also, that's pretty much, I feel like that's, you know, how many yellow Jeeps are you going to see? And like with aftermarket shit yeah. and like whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. John Fallon, a toll collector at exit 46 outside of Rochester, recounted seeing a yellow Wrangler with large tires at approximately 1045 p.m. on November 14th. Also, Karen Russell, who collected tolls at exit 24 in Albany, told investigators that she spotted a yellow Wrangler shortly after 2 a.m. on November 15th because of its excessive speed on approaching her toll. There were uh-huh. not a lot of people going around on that at that time. At that time, and the toll collector John was like, "I was trying to seek a smoke, and sometimes like the bosses will roll up to see for like fucking off." And I remember a car pulling up at that time and it being this like a yellow Jeep and his family owned Jeeps and it stood out to him. Yeah. And she remembered because of it literally looked like the Jeep wasn't going to stop and like freaked her out. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Four security cameras stationed at the University of Rochester recorded footage of a yellow Jeep Wrangler fitting the description of Christopher Porco's vehicle leaving the campus at 1030 p.m. on November 14th. So at 1030, his Jeep is seeing leaving the campus. Yeah. This whole time, he says that he didn't leave. The only thing he says was that he had to move his Jeep off of campus because he couldn't leave it there parked overnight. So that was his excuse for, for leaving. the 1030 Jeep, right? Okay. At 1214 a.m., burglar alarm deactivated at the Porco's home mm-hmm. with a code. Oh, he but obviously you know, but did you this know shit. that the it but that that it was also destroyed yeah right so he got in and then probably destroyed it on the way out to make it look like he had destroyed it well i would assume that somebody would have tried to break in and didn't get it so they destroyed the keypad to you know to, yeah. to deactivate de- deactivate or whatever sure, right sure at 4 59 a.m the phone lines are cut right 
At what time? 4.59 a.m. The phone lines oh, are Oh, damn. So much, much later than when he got there. If it was him. I mean, whatever. Shh. What do you mean if it was him? 8.30 a.m. We see his Jeep returning to campus. Oh, it was totally him. So, in the months following the attack, Christopher's attorney criticized investigators saying that they were focusing narrowly on Christopher Porco as a suspect. In late November 2004, Albany County District Attorney Paul Klein convened a grand jury to hear testimony implicating Christopher Porco in the murder of his father and attempted murder of his mother. And some of those who reported to have testified in this closed session hearing, mm-hmm. you know, for the grand jury, yeah. included a lot of Porco Sigma Phi Epsilon fraternity brothers oh, and friends from his college. shit. Got him. And a University of Rochester campus safety officer, as well as a former girlfriend. Wow. So nobody had his back. The grand jury would hear this testimony. Okay. Or heard this testimony. Yeah. And in November 2005, he was indicted for the murder and attempted murder of his father and mother. But through the help of... What do you mean, but? His still very supportive family and friends and his mother still very much being behind him. Oh, my God. Including the husband and wife owners of the veterinary clinic that he worked at. They all were able to come together and post his $250,000 bail. Oh, my God. $250,000? $250,000? Y'all, y'all better leave me in jail. What do y'all do? <laughs> you better leave me in jail. That's a lot of money. So in May 2006, Joan Porco walked arm in arm with Christopher to the pre-trial hearings. God During those damn, hearings, Orange dude, County... He did it. Orange County Judge Jeffrey G. Berry did not allow testimony regarding the interrogation of christopher when he initially was talking to the police okay right after when when you know he went to the hospital and they they brought him in for questioning and they were like Mm -hmm. she's talking Mm -hmm. and he's like i don't know if she'd say that Mm -hmm. he didn't allow that stuff in the trial because he apparently wasn't read his miranda rights and therefore couldn't be used damn right that's a tough but he did the judge did allow jones alleged identification of her son as the attacker so that okay the head nodding right yeah yeah well yeah because she doesn't have to be read her rights for that that was yeah okay on june 27th the trial began in opening arguments the prosecution painted christopher porco as a sociopath determined to murder his parents because they basically unraveled his lies and he just didn't have anywhere else to to yeah. go when okay. it came to all this mounting debt. Yeah. That you stole from your, you stole, you put your parents in debt. You shit bird. Something else that I forgot to mention was that Christopher had gone to a financial advisor before this happened. Okay. And asked them to, asked them to type up a portfolio for investment advice because that he, he said he was going to be getting millions of dollars from a family debt. So he was going to pick... Oh my... G- what? And... What a little fucking shit. Are you kidding me? The Porcos had together over a million dollars of life insurance. Oh, you slimy little fucking turd. I mean, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Yeah, he <laughs> definitely did this shit. Something else that was brought up, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, was that... There were lots of Jeeps. There's lots of yellow Jeeps in New York, right? Yeah, that was my thought. A video analysis 
James Kennedy ran the security camera images through a filter and he found specific details on the Jeep, like mud on the passenger side door and the passenger side window had a torn parking sticker off of the window. Mm -hmm. And there was a political sticker on the back tire cover Mm -hmm. and that all matched Christopher's Jeep. You fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. His Jeep also left four hours before the murder and returned 10 hours after the murder. Just to just enough yeah. time to kill uh, kill your parents. Or try to kill your parents. Kill one of your parents. So the prosecution opens with, Christopher Porco went home on the morning of November 14th to silence the voices that wanted to hold him accountable. And the prosecution, they really leaned a lot on his past deceptions and burglaries and all of yeah. this right yeah for but, sure i mean that doesn't make you a murderer but no. doesn't make you a great person yeah yeah in the opening week of the case the prosecution also pointed to the family home's alarm logs which reportedly indicate that the alarm was deactivated by someone who knew the code i mean come on and then smashed to cover the deactivation come on dude his brother jonathan actually on the stand they question him. They say, do you know if you and your brother were beneficiaries of your mother and father's will? He says, yes, I did know if either my mother or father died, one of us would be beneficiaries. Then they ask, was your brother Chris ever a part of these conversations? He said, yes, because we would probably talk about it over dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he also explained how his brother also explained that They had gotten that security alarm system put in because of a previous burglary. The the one that he fucking did. And only the immediate family knew the four-digit code. The defense also tries to really paint this really icy demeanor of Christopher, saying that when he was interviewed in that interrogation, it didn't look great. He he didn't, you know, he was, whatever. He, He didn't seem upset. I don't know. But the defense contends that Christopher was just dealing with everyday shit. They said, We don't dispute for a second that Peter Porco was killed in this brutal, probably sadistic fashion. And we don't dispute that his lovely, his beautiful wife, Joan, was horribly injured. We do, however, stand before you and say that our client, Chris Porco, is not guilty of this horrible crime. I also hate that they said, We don't dispute for a second that Peter Porco was killed. No fucking shit. (laughs) Well, he did it to himself. How the fuck would you dispute that? He's fucking dead. He's not a morning person. Dumbasses. Yeah, get the fuck out. So Christopher's attorney also goes on to to like just really go after the Bethlehem Police Department. Saying it lacked the experience to properly investigate the murder. Quote, (laughs) this is a police department that chases skateboarders away from the 7-Eleven. This is not the FBI. Oof. Yeah. That and means you don't have shit. Very much point to the fact that there's no blood in Christopher's car. There's no evidence on him physically that he did this, right? Right. So the prosecution had no forensic evidence except for a New York throughway ticket that allegedly carried Christopher's mitochondrial DNA. Oh, shit. Right? So since he paid with cash... His fucking there. He still had to pay and give a little ticket, which had his sure. his I guess sweat fingerprint on it, which was mitochondrial DNA. Sure. 
And there were only... How did they find it? There were... Well, there was only about 10 people who went through those God, things. Damn, that, sometimes investigators are good as fuck. Right, that night, and there was a match for his DNA on one of those tickets. Oh, dead to rights. It's over. Right? That's crazy. Investigators theorized he wore scrubs from the veterinarian office during this assault and then destroyed or hid them later because they've never been able to find any real evidence, no blood in his car, nothing like this. A colleague testified that Christopher had experience cleaning up after surgical procedures while working at the veterinarian. So he knew how to dispose of things. Wow. Nine of Christopher's fraternity brothers refuted his story that he was asleep in the lounge at his school and a neighbor driving by the Porco's home claimed they saw Christopher's Jeep in the driveway on the night of the attacks. Oh my God. Dead to, it's over. Still, there were no eyewitnesses placing Christopher directly at the crime scene or inside the house. Okay. Most well, heartbreakingly, if that's a thing. I think so. Well, I'll Joan I'll... Porco stood by her son through this entire thing. Oh, Joan. Standing behind him, showing up for him every time oh she accompanied him to court and even testified for the defense jesus and he fucking did it she told the jury she didn't recall implicating him the night of the attack and that her child would never commit a heinous crime like this one that killed her husband and disfigured her oh my she maintained that while christopher's financial misdeeds angered her and peter that they loved them and loved each other loved him and just wanted to work on the relationship and wanted it to work out. That's so fucked up. So before I give like the way that this ends, yeah, I want to play that nine one one call. Yeah, cool. Let's do it. Bathroom police dispatcher saying north. Hi, uh, my name is Chris Porco. I was just called by the Times Union saying that my parents were found dead this afternoon. Um, I was wondering if you had any information on me. Hey, Chris. Sorry, what about Saria? I'm at school in Rochester, New York. Okay, and are, are you in a dorm there? Yes, I am. Okay. Do you have a dorm name or? Um, it's called Monroe. Okay. And you're hearing from the Times Union? Yeah, they called me and said my, my parents were found, um, I guess, I don't know, they didn't say how or anything. Let me try and find you somebody who may have some more information for you. Okay. Uh, now, as far as, when was the last time you said you came down and saw your parents? Uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, it was on the weekend. I can give you a day. I have to, I have to figure it out. I'm not really sure. Okay, but about three weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, and the email, what, what's going on with your email? You said you, um, you, you well, emailed him today, but you didn't get a, a response? Well, yeah, I, I emailed him this afternoon. Uh, my dad at work. Okay. Um, about uh, college loan stuff. Okay. You're going to go right to Albany Med? I don't know. Where, where, I don't even know where my mom is. But. Yeah, she is at Albany Med. Okay. Do, do you know her condition? Uh, in... No, because I haven't talked to her. Let me give you my pager number. Okay. Because uh, when you get there, I'll come and see if there's anything I can do for you. Okay. All right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Right, so that's the 911 call he made Yowzers. to find out. He seemed super upset. Yeah. Jesus, that was your first fucker. time hearing it. Yeah, that was my first time. Obviously, it was my first yeah, time. Yeah, well, it. yeah. I just I wanted to say it for the end because it just really nails it home for me. 
Uh, if I, I had gotten a phone call that him about, you know, my parents, and... if I'd gotten an email that something was even wrong with my yeah anybody. First of all, if a if a fucking reporter calls me and tells me my parents dead, I'm not still at school. And I'm not. Ca- I'm not still at school. So you're just gonna you know call me. I mean? I'm gone. Hey, so I heard a rumor that like my parents are dead. I mean, I'm totally chill either way. But, but like, like, I mean, if you could just like tell me. Yeah, I was emailing. Oh my I mean, God, I was gonna go off roading in the jeep today, and but like, if my, I need to come back, my yellow oh. jeep that's super cool. Fuck you, dude. Just wanted you to hear that. Yeah, fuck and you, all. dude. Not you, but him. I hope not, Chris porco so on august 2nd 2006 the prosecution completed its case against christopher porco and the defense's case which was much briefer began apparently and in the morning of august 10th 2006 the jury began its deliberations how long it take them by five o'clock christopher porco was found guilty of secondary degree murder right. and the attempted murder of hell his yeah actually it was so quick that his mom like left the courtroom to go uh-huh. i don't know do something and she didn't even make it back in time to hear Damn. to hear the verdict the, yeah wow on december 12 2006 judge jeffrey berry sentenced christopher porco to 25 years to life on each count so he's basically sentenced to 50, 50 years, years to, to life. life and the judge was quoted saying i fear very much what happened in the early morning hours of November 15th is something that could happen again. As in, he was like, yeah. if you if weren't you put behind out. bars yeah. or you, you get didn't out. get caught, he probably would have killed his brother or whatever to get the rest of the money or, oh, who knows, yeah, or, or went off and finished his mom. Who knows? Sure. Porco was initially sent to Downstate Correctional Facility on January 22nd of, I guess, 2007. Then he was moved to Clinton Correctional Facility in Denimora Village. And mm-hmm. is um, there to serve his prison term. Fuck, dude. And there's been movies made about this. And I had never I heard this story before. There's a book about it. And his mom still believes he's innocent and goes and sees him. Uh, and Joan. It, it was quoted somewhere. I saw that somebody in the prison was like, they just have a motherly, so, you know, a son-mother yeah. relationship. Yeah. And she comes and she sees him and... She probably knows, too, though. She probably knows it was him. I can't even believe how they, like, fixed her face as good as they did. Yeah. Honestly. I'm going to show you a picture of her really quick. Word. So I'm going to show This is her before. Okay. That's her after. I mean, you can tell something happened, but she looks great. Yeah. Joan's so powerful. And one of her... That eye is not... One of those eyes is not... Oh, yeah. It's not real. She lost one, you know? And she was a speech pathologist is that the right term yeah i think it was and now it's like she can tell she can't even like speak correctly but still stands by him yeah that's sorry if i did that like in a weird roundabout way but like i can't believe that she still stands by him and it's so fucking obvious that he did it family yeah he oh he fucking did it and it's just so brutal the fact that he he axed his father that many times. times 16 his mom three. Oh my gosh. And so <laughs> yeah. So there's that story wow. of the Porcos. And oh, that was a terrible story, but well done. Telling ba- it. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, really. That was good. Apparently. I mean, it was terrible, but it was Christopher well and Jonathan have a very strained relationship. Shocking. 
Yeah. I wouldn't. His brother, I don't, I think, thinks he did it, which. His brother would be yeah. wise to think that. Yeah. Fuck. So there's that. Yeah. That's fucked up. The wildest thing is just the dad getting up after the slain and uh, walking around the house. Like It's doing, even that worse now looks, that I know that his son, because when you yeah. came into it, I had no context. You know, so and like that portion of his brain to like oh call 911 didn't work, but apparently hers still did. And even some of the doctors who saw her after were like, no, she very well could have been like been aware. Yeah. Hearing and like knowing what she was saying yes or no to or whatever. So and then, well, I mean, she went into a three week coma. Who knows what, you know, and she, he specifically I, I don't know said, was it Jonathan? And yeah. she said, no. And then was, was it, it Christopher? And she said, yes. yes. And it fucking was. Yeah. That's probably all she thinks about. Anyway, holy shit. That's my story. Nice lighthearted one over here. We drink and we know things <laughs> podcast. Hey, I have been I've been I've been easy. Hi. Hello. Future Tom and Andrea here. Just checking in with you. We're popping in to let you know that we didn't know that these this episode was gonna be so long. So, so it's a one parter this week. Well, it's a two parter, but it's a one parter. Right yeah, now. well this week all you fucking get is one part. Yeah. Then thirty two will be the next part. So we're just checking in to say goodbye. Because I'm sure you were confused seeing that it was the end of the episode, but you didn't have Tom's story. I don't know how confused they were. They might not be that confused. Oh, well. Anyway. We'll see you next week, folks. You get Tom's next time. Goodbye. Peace.